You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When it comes to Father's Day, this one is going to be a big one for Mitch Tambo. Mitch is a Gamilla Ray man, musician, father, stepfather, and soon-to-be dad to his first biological child. You may have seen Mitch belting out his music on Australia's Got Talent or performing John Farnham's You're the Voice in Gamilla Ray language for the Brisbane Olympic pitch for 2032. This Sunday, he'll be celebrating the release of his latest single, Heal, the coming birth of his baby with wife Leah and being the stepfather to three girls. Mitch, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Yami Yama, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So Father's Day is Sunday. Will you get to put your feet up? <laughs> it's a great question. I doubt it, but <laughs> but that's not a bad thing. I mean, we're just busy, you know. It's um we're all in this this lockdown together and you know, and my wife's heavily pregnant and it's just lots of things to do and lots of things that have to be done. But certainly very excited for um, you know, the birth of our, our new addition to the family and you know, it's it's going to be a beautiful, a beautiful Father's Day nonetheless. And how are you guys feeling about that, having a baby when you're in lockdown? How are you both feeling about managing all of that in lockdown? Oh, look, we're not really consumed by that. I think the main concern is that both of us can be there in the birthing suite and um, that we can journey through that together. And, and certainly that Leah doesn't go through that alone and that I can be there with her. That's our our main priority at the moment. Um, at the and moment, that's still allowed. Uh, yep, yeah, for now it's still allowed. Um, I can't attend ultrasounds or anything like that. Um, but apparently, it's all good. I'll be able to be there. So that's really our main concern. Other than that, uh, you know, lockdowns are lockdowns. You know, we've been doing this for over two hundred days now, so it is what it is. So, what was your relationship like with your own fathers? Thinking about Father's Day and and about to bring your own child into the world, what was it like growing up for you? Um, I grew up a single mother. Um, dad was present. Um, I would see him, you know, school holidays and things like that. But yeah, I don't actually even have a a recollection of. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have a recollection of a Father's Day spent with him, but it's not to say that I never did because I probably did, but I just don't have that memory. I can't think of it. But yeah, I was blessed also to have my pop who was around, you know, all the time um, and obviously spent countless Father's Days with him. Mm. Um, and, you know, he, he was that, I guess, forever present male. But yeah, I would see my dad on school holidays most of the time and and have phone calls certainly on days like that. But yeah. So you're a stepfather to three girls. So even before this baby comes along, you've been parenting. Um, we're often told that the way we parent is shaped by how we were brought up. Do you feel that in the way you're a stepfather to the girls and, and how you might be once the baby's born? Yeah. I mean, look, you're a product of your circumstance, whether you know, you choose to work through things and overcome and progress and level up and not repeat things or whether, you know, you become who you are based upon all the good and, you know, but I think it's a holistic thing, you know, you become who you are for a whole list of of reasons, you know, and for me, uh, I am who I am because of my life experience thus far and I'm just trying to do the best that I can and, um, you know, just be a positive influence and, and yeah, just, you know, play my part, I suppose. 
Would you see your um, grandfather, your pop, as as like the male role model in a way that has shown you what fatherhood can look like? Yes, most certainly. Um, you know, a hundred percent. And I've got I've got fond memories of my own dad too. You know, um, with those encounters we had together and and things like that. Uh, I think for me, I, I've just you know you take you take bits from here and there and you know, that shapes who you are, you know what I mean? Um, but my pop was there. I lived with my pop for many years. So it, it, I guess it's only natural that, you know, a lot of my influence in terms of masculinity is based off him and his his role modelling, you know? Yeah. And um, do you know what um, gender your baby will be, boy or girl? I do, but I can't tell you. You're not allowed to tell anyone. I, I just... can't tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll have to shoot me if you tell me. Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering because you, you're you're mainly raised by your mum, and I know that um, mm. my husband um, for a while it was just his mum, and it has it really influenced the way he is with women. Like he's very good with women, and I wonder if you think having your mum raise you the way she did, do you think it's helped you to be a stepfather to three girls? Because I can't imagine many people can step into that role without being completely daunted (laughs) yeah I mean I can only say yes because that's the only experience I had you know Mm. Um, I never grew up in a nuclear family so uh, it's just me mum and then for many years me mum my nan and pop so uh, my experience is my experience and I can only really speak on that and I guess you know that's what shaped and prepared me but you know I never yeah, you can't really prepare yourself for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it is what it is, and, and you are, you know. And I just, yeah, I, yeah, I've just sort of jumped into it, and you know, I've learned so much, and it's really been such a massive blessing. You know, I, it's just so many things that have happened, and things that happen every day that you know you, you reflect back on and go, "Wow, this is this journey I'm on is just such a blessing." And you know, how truly blessed am I to have three? Um, beautiful girls I get to call my my daughters and that you know teach me so much and we get to you know journey and create memories together so you know it's uh, that's what life's about isn't it it's about experiences it's about the journey and it's about you know it's you fall in love with someone um, you fall in love with all of them you don't just fall in love with a a portion you know Um, Mm. you know I've I've fallen in love with, with all of Leah and everything that comes with her you know so yeah so talk to us about your new single. Every time I've heard you speak, you've been extremely positive like you are now. Um, the title of the new single is Heal. What's it all about? So I wrote Heal uh, in a lockdown. Which, can you believe that? <laughs> in a garage, in a lockdown. It's just that's our normal now. Just yes. locked up as per usual and uh, in the garage writing, pouring my heart out. No, um, <laughs> So I wrote in there and the song was originally about sort of, you know, the song is calling on the elements, you know, call the, basically calling the storm to bring the rain and basically cleanse country and allow for us to heal. Uh, because for us in, in our communities, um, or in my community anyway, in the, in the teachings that have been given to me, you know, in order for us to heal, um, we need country to be in a good state um, so that we can go and bathe it, bathe in our rivers and connect and, you know, have our spirits get topped up and, and healed by that connection with country. And then through that journey, the song really, I suppose, 
I guess manifested and, and sort of went to different levels throughout the experience. And I remember one day I said to Leah, well, I think maybe I've unconsciously uh, written about my own grief and, and my own sort of journey of healing, you know, and as the songs progressed, it's allowed me to reflect on that. And I think sometimes we can unconsciously do things and we look back later and go, oh, that's, that's why I did that. I get it now, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the essence of it, I suppose. So you have been called a role model for lots of young First Nations kids and there are many, many people in the First Nations community affected by intergenerational trauma. When you talk about healing and you talk about healing the country, do you also mean or if, are you referring to that kind of trauma that, you know, it started 230 years ago and, and has impacted generation after generation of First Nations families? Did it go to that level or is it something different for you? Oh, of course, that's a part of it. I mean, that's a part of my own healing, isn't it? So mm. definitely plays its part. But as I said, it's about my own grief. It's about my own journey. It's about, you know, opening ourselves up to give ourselves a, a shot at healing. Um, you know, sometimes we can go through experiences and, you know, again, we unconsciously block things out or, you know, almost run from that pain. Mm. Um, and it sort of creates blockages within, within our own spirit, in our own, our own spiritual river. So that idea of, uh, let the river flow again. I can heal. Love is around the love is around the bend. I can feel again. It's that almost that met metaphorical thing of, you know, sometimes we just got to open up, be vulnerable, um, and cry and scream and and let the pain out. Let that river flow again. Let that blockage be eradicated. And when we can do that, um, we can come to that awareness that wow, it's just around the bend. Here's my freedom. It's my healing. It's it's that opportunity to just just you know feel again. Um, you know, it's a beautiful thing and, and, you know, that this song's not a song directed at my mob. It's a song directed at every single person that has gone through something, yeah. um, you know, just to heal because, uh, you know, it's your right, it's my right to be able to heal and to be able to set ourselves free. But sometimes I feel like, you know, it can be, it's so, it can be so difficult too because there's, you know, there's people that are heads of the homes that are the glue of their families that, you know, are holding it all together and it's that idea of, you know, have a teaspoon of cement, suck it up and move on. But it's like, you know, sometimes what you've got to do is let all the emotions out so you can actually heal and feel topped up and not feel so drained and not feel like you're carrying the weight of your world on the shoulders. You know, you've got to, you've got to just allow yourselves that moment to go through the motions. But I think sometimes in society, you know, we're almost told to get over it quickly and move on, um, you know. In our culture, sorry, business can go on and on and on for such a long time. But in, in the mainstream setting, it's almost like you go to a funeral, the immediate family grieves, and then they've got to get back to work quickly because there's mortgages, there's bills to pay, there's all these other stresses. And sometimes the one thing uh, that gets skipped is the most crucial thing, and that is being able to just heal and work through some things, you know? Mm. Have you seen that sort of message land um, in your audiences or in your community have you seen the impact of your music help with that healing? Because from the very beginning, the message, if you could call it that, it, your message seems to be very collaborative, very positive um, and kind of, well, joyful. And I'm just wondering if that, if you have seen 
people's response to that when it comes to their own trauma, their own pain? Yeah, look, I mean, I've been so extremely blessed uh, with the journey I'm on. Um, And I don't mean to sound arrogant. I don't mean it like that at all. I'm just answering the question. Um, Mm. I've had people reach out to me all over from all over the world um, and just express how, you know, their music has, my music, sorry, has got them through some of their most darkest times and um, got them through their battles with cancer. Uh, I've had people reach out to me asking if they can get certain words from my songs put into their sleeves, their tattoos, because it was that particular word that got them through things. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and obviously, yeah, people mob in my community, I've had, you know, reach out that are, you know, in aged care or suffered strokes and things, pass on messages um, of the impact of my music. And, you know, it's just, it's the greatest blessing of, of all of being able to connect with people and um, allow people to, I suppose, drink your music into it like medicine it's just the greatest gift and and really to have people from all walks of life and around the world reach out and share those messages is it's super overwhelming you know because when you write a song you write it you know with with just your intent and purpose for that song and and, but you never know what it's going to do beyond you writing it and putting it out so to receive that kind of feedback it truly touches your heart and you just feel so blessed that you've been able to you know, play a role in someone's um, journey to some mm. some degree. Well, it's so powerful as well when you sing in language because when you think about the popularity of your music and the people who are responding to it, to be able to sing in language and have that response given the history of Indigenous languages in this country and the fact that they would try to get rid of them and then here you are mm-hmm. so many years later and people are really responding to it. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's such a blessing. Um, was there ever, when you started to make music and to sing, did you ever wonder how your language would be received when you sang it? I mean, I know, you know, you're, you knew different people and different artists have sung in language before, but you were, again, taking it to another level with You're the Voice and, and things like that and doing covers. Did you ever wonder how people would respond to it or was it just like intuitive, I'm going to go for this? Oh, no, of course you, you wonder how people are going to respond. Like that's just the natural part of humanity, you know, being a human being is you think, oh, how are they going to take this, you know, but it's all about staying true to your own purpose and messaging and really trying to be as authentic to yourself as possible. I mean, when I did You're the Voice, um, I was bracing myself to just get absolutely slaughtered. <laughs> absolutely bracing myself because I was like you know it's the unsung unofficial anthem here I thought <laughs> so many like you know I thought oh they're just going to come out and just attack me here. like there's going to be a lot of racial vilification here <laughs> it's coming and I was totally totally blown away because you know um I had just again people read I had one farmer mm. I know he was a farmer because he told me um, and he sent me a voice message and, and he was basically like, mate, I just want to, mate, mate, just reaching <laughs> out, mate, your, mate, your voice, mate, your, that, ver- mate, that, and, and he, he went on for a while and then, you know, and then at the end, at the end of it, at, it went on for quite a while. And at the end of it, he goes, anyway, mate, love you. Good night. <laughs> and I was like, I was blown away. You know when you're like that blown away, you're just in fits laughing? <laughs> yes. I was laughing and laughing. Not laughing like in a belittle, like laughing out of sheer shock that this fella off the land that mm. sounded just like that old 
like farmer, you know, mm. would reach out to me to a version I'd spun on its held that is very culturally influenced and just be so open and vulnerable. And then at the end of it, say, I love you and good night. You know, I'm like, wow, like, I'm totally blown <laughs> away. This is totally the opposite of what I thought was going to happen here. You know, all the love is just incredible. That's amazing. Oh, I love that. Actually, that's a really good place to end in such a strong note. Um, I wish you the most relaxing Father's Day this Sunday. I hope you do get to put your feet up. Someone cooks <laughs> your brekkie, brekkie in bed. That never happens, but maybe this once. And um, good luck with the single. Thanks so much for speaking with us today. You know what? i, I got to say, I am, I'm blessed. You know, I, I'm, I'm looked after in this household, so... Whatever happens on Sunday, it's going to be amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm already getting brekkies, you know. I, I've already got it made here. So whatever happens on Sunday, whether it's a handkerchief or a pair of socks, I'm going to embrace it and rock it. It's going to be amazing. Or undies, don't forget. Undies on Father's Day. It's a must. Or the Grundies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mitch. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Take care. You too. That's musician and Gamilla Ray man, Mitch Tambo. To listen to his new single, Heal, check out the links in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time. Bye.